Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Well, I'm excited to continue a series now that I started recently where I ask listeners to send in your questions on how to help your children manage their mental health. And I answer, select questions and then invite guests into the studio to answer their questions and discuss the issues with them. I'm excited to have Alicia with me today and we're going to talk about how to help a sensitive seven-year-old move on after they've made a mistake. I'm also really excited to tell you about my new book that's going to be released on August 8th and it's called How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess. I tell you this book is packed with all kinds of really helpful, practical how-tos on how to do the neurocycle with children as young as two. The book spans the ages two to three up to ten full of practical tips, full of advice on how to help your child manage their mental health. You can pre-order now. There's some great pre-order bonuses. You'll find the link in the show notes. Well, welcome, Alicia. I'm so excited to have you with me today to really dive into how to help parents help their children with their mental health. I mean, as we all know, it's such a problem and such a crisis globally, and at the, the world's it's kind of never been as bad as it is now, and I have many reasons for that, and maybe in our conversation we can we can explore that a little bit. But you have a very specific question that you had for me, and it's a great question, which is why you were selected, because I think it's going to help a lot of people. So if you can, you can either read your question to me or you can describe it however you'd like. But tell me also, first of all, just tell me who, just tell my listeners who you are and your mother of you know your children and a little bit about your life, and then let's dive into the question. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. My name is Alicia Kaswani. I live in Austin, Texas with my husband and our two kids. So I have a seven-year-old Ella and I have a four-year-old Kyla wrapping up first grade in pre-K over the next couple of weeks. And my question is about my oldest, Ella. So she is kind of your classic oldest child personality, very sweet, very nurturing and sensitive. And so she does get that from her mom. But what I've noticed is kind of a tough spot that my husband and I both have struggled with, which is in the instance of correction, she can just shut down and just withdraw. And I just feel like I accidentally crushed her soul. And so I want to, I want to know how to help build some sort of resilience or receptiveness, if that's a word, to correction. And I think a recent example, so she was at a, like a little sporting event and the coach was asking her to pay attention. My husband, it's kind of a collaborative space. And so my husband said like, Hey, Ella, make sure you pay attention. And she just collapsed into tears. And so I think I know my gut reaction is like, okay, toughen up. You got this. And I have actually found myself saying like, stay with me, Ella, stay with me. Like, it's okay. But I just have a hard time getting her out of like just a really withdrawn, sad space. And I think that was basically the gist of the question that I submitted. Excellent. The way you described that's perfect. And it's actually even more elaborated than the question that you wrote up. So it's wonderful. Thank you. First of all, thank you for being vulnerable and open and honest about how you, you know, just how you, the situation and how you're handling it. And the first thing that I want to say to you, which I think is relevant for every parent, and I'm a parent of four, they're all big now, but still, you still need, you never stop parenting. Once a parent, always a parent. And that is that you really need to give yourself permission to be a messy parent. That is huge. It's okay to be a mess. It doesn't matter how good your intentions are you're still going to have an impact on your child. That's probably not going to be a lot of good, but there's going to be things that will impact them in a negative way. And it's almost impossible to anticipate 
and to avoid. It's going to happen. But the big thing is, is to accept in yourself that this is a reality because you come into your parenting with your own baggage. And if you think of it, you know, your mother was and your father were someone's children and they their parents had baggage. And so it's just inevitable that we bring certain elements that we don't want to bring in. We stop doing that and we do things that we say we're not going to do and we do them. And, and then there's been the actual impact of the parenting. So all of that comes into play when we have parents. And I think it's so important that we give ourselves as parents the space to be messy, to tell ourselves it's okay to be messy and to realize that it's okay to work on the impact of my own nurturing at the same time as honoring my parents' story. Because a lot of people think, oh, I can't you know, say anything bad. My parents are doing their best with what they had. And yes, that's the truth in, in most of the cases. But at the same time as honoring their story and giving them the space and whatever you need to do, you also are allowed to work on the impact of that on yourself. And the reason I'm stressing that is because what we are, how we are functioning are, influences our children. And that's really key in parenting is the recognition that the anxiety I feel, my child, my child's going to feel that. You know, so the, in other words, the, literally the sort of mental wellness or the levels of anxiety and the levels of stress of, of, of a child are very much picked up by the parent. The parent influences the child. Now, they'll have their own stresses that will come in and, you know, and their own levels of anxiety because they're unique per, a, a unique person. But the, the fact is that the, well, the, health, the mental health of a child is, is definitely very dependent on the child. And a healthy way of helping a child manage their mental health is by them seeing you very openly and honestly making your messes and managing the messes. That is so key. So that's the sort of second part. It's okay to be a mess. Impact of parenting, all that stuff is the first part. Second thing is to be authentic and open and honest and recognize, okay, this is impacting my child. So let me actually be honest and open and show them that even me as mom or me as dad, we adults and we big people and we also battle and that's okay, which gives her permission to feel her sensitivity, to to experience that battle with, with dealing with criticism. It's okay. You want to send the message to her that it's okay to be a mess. We're all messy. But what's, what we need to do is manage the mess. And that's a very strong message that we want to send through. So little comments like you made that were you know, really great. Like you say, stick with me. Let's work through this together. That's excellent. Then you know, the desire to sort of say, hey, you'll get through this. It's okay. It's not so bad. The temptation to say that is so strong. And I've, I've done it. And we've all done it. That's the messy part of parenting, that we've done it. But then we just got to say, okay, let's maybe look at that kind of statement and think, hey, is this really going to make the child feel like it's not them that's the issue, it's just what's happening in their life, et cetera, that's, that's influencing how they're showing up in the sensitive way or getting battling with criticism, whatever it is, or is, you know, is it going to enhance or detract? And probably a statement like that would make them feel worse because, hey, you're not so bad, you know, and, and we try to comfort it. The intention is 100% good. But the impact on a child is, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't get through this. I don't know how to get through it. Okay, so bearing that in mind, we don't have to feel any guilt. We just have to recognize and change and make the shift. Give ourselves permission to be the messy parent and to make the mistakes and, and to train ourselves to, you know, observe ourselves and catch, catch ourselves in making those statements. Then the next part is to recognize that whatever your child's, every one of us, as we all know, have our own unique way that we think, feel, and choose, which manif you know, is basically our, our personality, our, who we are, the I factor. 
which no matter it's the this nature, this nurture, and then there's the I factor. The I factor is that uniqueness. So you've got two children, and I bet you they're totally different, but it's the same parents, yeah, same parents, same nurturing. So that we all understand that. So that uniqueness I call the I factor. So therefore, if your other child maybe isn't as sensitive, it's also really hard to not compare them. And if you do compare them, it's okay. It's part of the messiness, but then we need to manage the messiness. I don't know if you're getting that. So don't deny and feel guilty and bad and oh, I've compared them and I shouldn't have compared them and I shouldn't have said those statements in a guilty way. Rather say, okay, I said them. That was part of the messiness. Probably wasn't the best thing. How can I deal with that? What do I need to do in order to get better statements that I can, guiding statements for my child? And how can I manage that I don't feel the desire to compare or do it in my head, but see the positive in both children? So can you hear what I'm saying here is, is, is don't take the guilt of the things that we will do wrong and let them drag you down and get into excessive guilt because your child will pick that up and they, all they do if you don't explain is because they read nonverbal language so well and they read between the lines so well is they'll think that they're bad or it's something that they've done. And if you don't verbalize and you're different, they think it's something they've done. So it's always best to own your stuff and then to basically verbalize it on the level that they can handle. So let's say that you did say to her, hey, Ella, you know, it's okay. We'll get through this. You know, it's not so bad. And you realize, oops, I shouldn't have said it's not so bad because for you, it's not so bad. But for her, it's the end of the world. Devastating. She's devastated. And for us as a parent, we're thinking it's such a little thing. I mean, you've got to learn, you know, you've got to deal with criticism. Criticism is going to come, you know, all that's going through our head, which is valid. But for her, that's not her where she's at. So the experience of being criticized or being corrected, which is a very normal part of growing up, it's a normal part of life, we have to, that's energy inside of her that is kind of building up because she doesn't know how to handle it. So she's got this ball of energy inside of her that she doesn't know what to do. So it comes out when it's triggered by any kind of, you know, that's not correct or that's not whatever. And we mustn't be scared to correct them, but it's how we do them and help them process through it. So that comes to what do you do with her is you, it's first you can hear it's first yourself. Get yourself ready to handle when you see her in that situation. Like, oh, my gosh, not again. You know, whatever it is, whatever the messiness is, you can work through that yourself. And the way I recommend you work through that yourself is through the system of the neurocycle that I've developed. Now, I know that you're new to my work, so you may not know much about the neurocycle, but it's basically the system that I've developed to help you manage your mind and you know, get, get, get all those emotions under control and redirect them and reconceptualize them. So it's a great mind, brain, body, mind-directed neuroplasticity technique that helps to calm down your neurophysiology and help you manage what's going on in your life. So it's something that you do as an ongoing thing for yourself to deal with the impact of your own issues and whatever, and then also to help you with reactions to your children and helping your children get through whatever situations they're getting through. So I've got the app called the NeuroCycle app. I've got the book as well, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. So I strongly recommend that that's something you get your hands on. And then I've got the children's book coming out in August 8th this year, How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess. So it takes the system of the NeuroCycle and unpacks it into really simple language of how you can use it for, to help your child. And like with lots and lots and lots of examples. And just before we started, I was just flicking through to find the, the areas of the book where I'd actually given some ideas of you know, how to deal with a child who is reacting to criticism. And basically around page 124, 125, I start talk, I talk, give a few little sort of tips and things. So what I would do with, with Ella is to, in that situation, when she has that breakdown, let's say it's at the sporting event, it's, and you know, you, she 
what 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 exactly the, she was at a sporting event and and the just just remind me of that again. She was, you know, as children are apt to do, a little bit distracted with some friends and the coach. And none of it was over the top. I think that's what's interesting. It's like no one's yelling at her. Her reaction seems a lot bigger than what's happening. So the coach was like, hey, Ella, pay attention. And my husband was right next to her. And he reiterated like, hey, make sure you're paying attention to the coach. And that was what just she's yeah, meltdown. And, and that happens. Like I asked her a question about, hey, did you did you do this thing that I asked you not to do? And she just, again, like just, just wilted. And so at that point I was even like, I'm not, I don't even care that you did the thing I asked you not to do. I just want you to just like almost confess it. Cause I can see it stuck. And like, I want to help you get unstuck and see that it's safe to like make mistakes. Good money habits start with your very first paycheck. And if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200. And with Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's chime.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com spot me. The link and details will be in the show notes. Excellent. So your attitude is, I mean, your perception of the situation and your, your, the attitude that you have towards helping her is all on the right track. Now, the thing is, is how do you actually do that? That's the, that's the key issue. So in that situation where she was having the meltdown, what happened? Did she continue to do stay in the, in the, in the session or did you take her out? What is this sort of general thing? How did you handle that? I would say I, I will. So my husband was there at like the sporting event and he said that it took like a couple of minutes for her to get back into like the being engaged with the activity. And I would say that's typically what happens. She stays real quiet, real sad. If like there's a lot going on and she's really tired or there's, you know, a lot of overstimulation, she'll just like go to her room for a while, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes and just like the worst it ever was, was she cried for probably like 20 minutes really hard in her room. And that's when this email came out and I was like, I just got to help her. Cause my inclination I know is not the right thing to say, which is like, it's not that bad. Like it's okay. Toughen up. Like I, I know that's not what to say, but I need help knowing what to say. Exactly. That's the, th- that's the thing. So that's why I really sensed that. And that's why I wanted to give you that first part of the answer, which wasn't directly related to her. It was related to you because you need to get yourself in a place of calmness so that you have the can search through and find the right words. And you know what? Even if they do pop out your mouth, what you can do with her is say, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I know that's made you feel bad. Let's talk about what I said that made you feel bad. And that's an opener because you've now owned your reaction. And it doesn't, it, you know, it's it's giving her the, uh, oh, mom's, mom says she's done something bad and she's actually saying sorry. It opens a door for communication. And that's really excellent is it's okay to make that mistake and, and to, you know, let them hear you say what it is and, and perhaps why. And you could say something to her like, how did that make you feel? And she would say sad. And, and, and then, you, then you could say, yes, it made me, I feel bad. And I feel sad for saying that. 
And then you could go to say, how did that make you feel in your body when I said that? And she might say, my tummy's sore, or I've got a headache, or I want to climb into a ball, you know, roll up in a ball, whatever. And then you can say to her, That's, I feel so bad, I just want to say, hug you. That's how I felt in my body. I felt like this, like a, like a jolt in my stomach, or my tummy suddenly got butterflies. And then you say to her, so what did you, what, I saw, the, what did you do when I said that to you? And she may say, I, I moved back, or you, you could say you noticed that you moved away from me. And that's okay, I understand that. And I moved back. So we both moved away from each other. Behavior, okay, so I've said emotion, how you feel in your body, behavior. And then you can say, how did that make you feel in that moment? How did, not feel, how did it make you see the situation in that moment? That's perspective, it's a hard one. But how did you see the situation in the moment? And that's quite hard for her to, to answer. So you'd model and say, I saw this as, we didn't do so well. We didn't, I didn't help you as much as I wanted to help you. And she, and that gives her, yes, I didn't, I saw that it was hard or mommy didn't help me. So you model for her. So you've done a pair of two things at the same time. You have explained your reaction and how it made you feel. And you've acknowledged and validated her response to your reaction. And you've helped her to see that your reaction was in response to her initial reaction. So there's now communication happening that's very organized, deep and meaningful because it's not just a whole lot of words. It's very sequenced. So take note that I've said, that as it happens, you kind of catch yourself and you look at your emotions, you ask her her emotions, you look at your behavior, bodily sensation, can be in whichever order, there's four categories, emotions, behaviors, bodily sensations, and perceptions. They're called warning signals. That's how we're showing up. That's what she, you saw in her behavior. She cried, she withdrew, she you know, went in a room and cried for 20 minutes with this particular situation. The teacher spoke, she looked up, the dad spoke, she got sad. So there's, you know, that all of the little behaviors with their perspective, I can't carry on. It all happens very quick in her head. But what we're doing is we're taking what's happening quickly in one's head and pulling it out into the light and breaking it down into these very organized little sentences and little steps. And there's five steps that you basically go through, and that's what the neurocycle is. So the first step is this the step of where you're going to model your emotion, ask her, her emotion or hers first, whichever works first, or apologize, I shouldn't have shouted at you. How did that make you feel? It made me feel sad. You may have to say all of it first to model for her. I felt sad. I'm sorry I said that. I felt sad. It made my tummy a bit sore and I, my body sort of moved in a way that made you scared. And I saw the situation as, oh no, this is happening again. And I'm so sorry, but that's, let's talk about how you felt. Can you see what I'm doing for the four? And then we when you've done like four little sentences each of how you responded to each other, you can then say, you know, why, why do you think this is happening? Let's try and work out why this is happening. So it's step number two. So this is all changing the neurophysiology of the brain. I mean, there's a lot more things involved. I'm just giving you the simple bird's eye view. And I'm just going to take you through a couple of steps so that not to overwhelm you. But So basically you, you want to, you know, there's the four different signals and you, I think that part, you, you get that you're going to ask those very specific questions. And then the second step is this why. Now with the why, I want to ask you a question quickly. Is, it seems like this is a pattern. It seems like this is happening fairly consistently. How often? Daily, multiple times a day, weekly, and for how long? I would say once or twice a week. It's weekly, not daily, not the majority of days. And then for how long? I would say for the last couple of months. She's always been my sensitive one, but I would say like the real big withdrawal where I want to say like stick with me maybe the last couple of months. 
We all have busy lives these days and can't afford to waste a day stuck on the couch because of a few drinks the night before. Z-Biotics is the answer we've all been looking for. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by a PhD scientist to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. My daughter is a sommelier and loves taking Zbiotics before a wine tasting. She says it helps her feel better in the morning, which makes her work so much more enjoyable. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off your first order when you use Dr. Leaf at checkout. You can also sign up for a subscription using my code so you can stay prepared no matter what the time or occasion. Zbiotics is backed by 100% money back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. The link and details are in the show notes. So that's really good, excellent answer. So you've started identifying a pattern. So in order to help your child, once you've gone, you know, I've given you that immediate sort of four things in the moment, but we want to just, you know, step back and see, are we dealing with a pattern here? And what's the pattern description? So you've said it, it started a couple of months back. It's more or less weekly. And where you have these big explosions and she is your sensitive child. So that sensitive is some people are more, and there's nothing wrong with it. What she needs to do is learn how to channel her sensitivity. So what's happening is as she's going through another stage of development or something's happened that triggered something that she, that has really, that really got her. I mean, someone can say something just, it's just, just like the right thing at the right time to activate an overreaction that then can become a pattern. And to try and find that source is really important. And that's going to come through you sitting with her over time and doing the neurocycle. Because if there's a pattern, there's a source. If it's just a one-off thing, then it's easy to do a quick neurocycle to manage it in the moment. And the neurocycle is the five steps. The first one is gathering awareness of the four signals. The second one is reflecting. The third is right is a special way that you write things down or in act or play. The fourth one is a recheck. The fifth is active reach. And I'm not going to teach you all the steps now. They're in the neurocycle, and I really recommend you get a hang of it yourself. And in the book, it's all simplified over here. So essentially, though, what you want to do when there's a pattern is it's going to take multiple times of sitting down when this happens, at least nine weeks. And if it does, if you, know, you, you ideally would work on this every single day for a little bit, but it may make more sense to work on it for a couple of days and then take a break and then work on it for another couple of days, and then the next incident comes. Because the concept you're dealing with here is her, and you identified it beautifully, is the overreaction to situations, highly sensitive, sort of an overboard kind of sensitive reaction to situations that wouldn't normally trigger such a response and specifically related to when she is being criticized. So it's something about her self-worth that she's feeling challenged. There's something about something inside of herself that she associates anyone who corrects her as a direct attack on her self-esteem, her self-value, my identity. And before you start blaming yourself for this, because that's why I started off where I did in the beginning, is it's okay to be messy. Parenting is messy and you have impacted her and you've impacted her in really many, many, many good ways. But there's, who knows what? It could also just be a statement that someone said 
or a movie she watched or something that happened at school or something a teacher said in the middle of a lesson that was not intentional but made the kids laugh at her and maybe teased her a little bit in the playground. And, you know, that little thing that may seem little was enormous for her. So it was that ball of energy. So the fact that you can track it back to more or less two months ago, something initiated this. And so now what would be great is for you to start working through the neurocycle on a regular basis for around about 5 to 15 minutes at a time, either working on the most recent triggered incident and then as you, and it's saying, okay, this happened this time, but this happened, this has happened a few times and this is nothing wrong with you. It's not you. It's, I know that you, this is, I know who you are and you can describe her and tell her how wonderful and all that kind of stuff realistically. Not that she's more special than anyone else, but that she is everyone special and she's special. But I could see that what you're doing is not, something's definitely upsetting you. So can, can we help, can I help you try and find out maybe what started this and then let's see if we can work out a way to manage it. Because people are going to say this in the future. People are going to correct you because you're still learning. I'm going to correct you. You're, you're going to do things that are wrong. It's part of being a child and well, you know all that kind of languaging. But let's work out a way together to resolve this. And then what I recommend is that you identify an area in your house that could be a fun place that you create together where you put a little whiteboard up and toys. And this is where Brainy comes in. We have this character called Brainy throughout the book that is the superhero that walks the mental health journey with your child. So you can kind of, this is great, nice thing for parents. Dr. Leaf says, if you use Brainy, we can actually solve this together. So now it's not mom telling me to do something. You can blame me. Now there's Dr. Leaf says, let's, let's go to our special brainy corner or neurocycle corner or whatever they choose, let them choose mind management corner or my managing my mind corner or my make me feel better corner. And they help you design something, get your other child involved as well. Maybe a cute little cushion, their toys, brainy, the books, a coloring book. We've got a coloring book as well. That's got all the different situations where, I mean, there's even one of a child crying. There's all kinds of scenarios as well, but you can, you can, get magazine pictures and cut them out and get different boxes with all those different emotional, different signals that I was telling you about. So you could have one box filled with pictures of sad faces and happy, all kinds of emotional faces, adults and children. You can have one with different behaviors, all kinds and different bodily sensations and different perspectives. And you can keep adding to it. So it becomes a communal family thing that this is a set space in your house and you're going to keep adding pictures. And then you could be sitting down with her and, and, and say to her, do you want to find a picture in the box of how I made you feel when I shouted at you? Do you want to make find a picture in the box of how it made you feel when your teacher said something to them and dad said, you know, focus and concentrate? And do you want to find a picture and let's find one together and let's maybe stick it, you could stick that with, you know, glue and put it, have a big like art book and she could stick that in the art book. Or you could have little magnets and you could have a little whiteboard up and you could stick it on. Or you could paint a corner of your house with some of that chalkboard paint and they could actually draw the, you know, sort of stick it onto there or draw it on. You see what I'm saying? It becomes a really fun, but an intentional place where I work out my issues. Like we go and clean our teeth in the bathroom and we eat in, in the dining room and we cook in the kitchen and we have a bath in the bathroom. We don't bath in the, in the toilet, you know. This, we go to, when dad works out, or you work out at gym, you go to a gym. You're teaching the child and yourselves that there's a safe space that's where we work out our mind issues. And it's really great for all of you because when anyone ever goes to sit there, that's the safe space. No judgment. No one's going to get mad. No one shouts. This is just where we sit and work out ways to solve this problem. It's unbelievable, Alicia, how 
this makes a child safe, feel safe. It's not that they don't feel safe with you, but life makes them feel scared and things can happen. But they feel safe enough to start opening up and dealing with their stuff. And in that space is where I would start then working through the neurocycle, of which the first step is to do this little exercise that I demonstrated at the beginning. And then you would work through the other steps. Now, all the timing of when to do it, ideally you do the whole, all five steps in an ideal situation. You'd go through all five steps in around 15 minutes or 10 minutes or so. And then you'd pick it up another day. Then you stop for the day. The last step is an action. We say, okay, what should we do today? What can we manage today? If we feel sad today or to make us, to help us feel better today, what should we, what picture could you picture? And they could, what is your favorite picture? Or what is your favorite thing that you like to think about? Or can you think of a favorite thing, something that makes you happy? And maybe they think of your puppy or they think of a rainbow or they think of that time, that birthday party or that beautiful gift or granny coming to visit. So you end off the day with something that becomes their hook. So in the rest of today, going into tomorrow, till you get to this again, maybe it's two days later, you've got the hook. And each time that they feel sad, say, what, what, what was your active reach? It's called an active reach. And that brings them back into that space again of safety. And so, you know what, that's where we'll work it out. And this is how we'll practice moving forward. What's important with having something nice to remember is also some sort of little action. So they, it may be that they say they're going to, you know, they're going to pick up Brainy or they're going to imagine Brainy or they're going to imagine their puppy. So that's fantastic. So that calms them down, but then they need some sort of little action. So it could be when someone is telling me something about myself, I'm going to tell myself, it's okay, I'm still wonderful, or it's, it's not me, I just, I'm learning how to, to deal with this, or something in her, at her level that would be relatable. Could you, could you think of a little statement that would, a little statement for herself that would be, you know your child, that would be, applicable and I can guide you through sort of whether it will work or how to refine it. It would keep her anchored. Yeah. The phrase that comes to mind is like something to the effect of like, I'm still learning or everyone makes mistakes. I just want to normalize. Yeah. That everyone makes mistakes. That doesn't, that doesn't define her worth or who she is as a person. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. That's lovely. So say something like that. So let's think of your puppy that, and that happiness makes your whole brain and kids love brains. So your brain calm down. So there's not all this wild stuff going on in your brain. It makes it calm down. And then we're going to grab our little happy statement. And that happy statement is it's okay to make a mess. It's okay to make a mistake. It's, it's, it, that's, not, that's okay. And, and something like I'm, my mom's helping me or my dad's helping me or my mom and dad are helping me to work out why I get upset. And it's okay. So it's always a little action. And always some sort of nice visual that they can hang on to. And that then kind of carries them through the day. So and I've told you a lot. Do you have any questions about what I've said so far? So it sounds like this is a good exercise to do to practice for when those moments happen versus what to do in the moment that it happens. Is that correct? Like, so if I'm working on it with her a couple minutes a day and then I see, you know, I give her some correction, I see her withdraw 
it sounds like maybe if we're practicing it, I can quickly kind of say like, okay, like let's remember everyone makes mistakes. We can go through like the, how are you feeling? How are you? The body, the four signals. Yes. The four signals. And then kind of almost like a a quick mini version of like, oh, I see that this is really hard. So let's remember like everyone makes mistakes. Let's think about how, what you call it, like the happy things, like how those make her feel to kind of move past the feeling stuck. Yes, that's beautiful. So I love what you said there. Well done. It's, it's if you want your child to talk to you, don't start when there's an when there's like a a disaster because they're not going to talk to you. So you know, make sure that communication is an ongoing, deep communication, not just how you how was school, how's your friends, but the big stuff that you establish from this age. So when they get to adolescence and the big stuff does happen, they feel safe. They have a way of coming and communicating. So you're quite right. That that's one element. The other element is you saying if you practice this on the easy stuff daily. It's, you know, the system when the crashes happen and then you can do a quick version. Totally perfect. So definitely I would actually introduce the concept. You don't have to wait for the brainy book to come out. It's going to be coming out in August. You can get the other book. You can get the NeuroCycle app and all the explanation is there. And for, at this stage, you're just going to have to sort of adapt the language down. This book breaks it down for you exactly, but it's coming out soon. But that you can start the, pro, you'll at least know the steps. If you learn it yourself and start that NeuroCycle corner, and you that you all designed together that you could leave in you know that if you could leave it up permanently that would be great like my sister-in-law has this blackboard that she's painted onto the wall in the kitchen and that's kind of the space where they go to and her kids are not adults but that's still kind of the space where they solve problems it's the safe space little bench in front of it however you want other people have asked me well i don't have the space in my house it's too small then you could just get a beautiful little basket filled with these things which are paper pens coloring pencils, toys, a couple of toys, favorite toys that they can enact. Because even at her age, your younger one will be great to actually act it out because a younger child will say, so, you know, you say, I noticed that Brainy's a bit sad today or Brainy's a bit cross today. And then you can actually, do you want to show? And you transfer the child, how the child's showing up onto Brainy and that then stimulates them and they feel safe and they can then show you what is happening and work through the five steps. Because this book NA, is helping you with kids from two through 10. So you can teach this to a child as young as two. That's how powerful this is. If you can practice that for yourself and then practice it with your child, when you kind of get the rhythm of what to do, you can just neurocycle whenever. You could be in the car and the kids are having a fit because they're getting bashing each other on the head or they're tired in the car or whatever. I mean, whatever scenario. And you want them just to calm down, say, okay, let's neurocycle. Let's quickly talk about the four, the, the four, gather awareness of the four signals, sentence for each signal. Let's ask the why. And if they don't have paper to write, I'll keep paper in the car so they can do their little drawings of how they what how they feel in the moment, those four signals. And then the recheck is basically, okay, this is what's happened and what can we do about it? How can we find a better solution? How can we work? What are we going to do instead of screaming and hitting each other in the car? I know you're both tired. I know it's been a long journey. I know you're hot and bothered, but that's not helping either of you. So what can we do? And then let them, so you're not problem solving for them, you're guiding them and you make suggestions. And then say, okay, let's do that little action. And so on. So you can use it in the moment if you've practiced it constantly. And when you get the big stuff, like if there is a pattern that's starting that seems to be quite serious, this is a great way of unpacking. Keep a journal yourself. And then that's when may indicate that, okay, it looks like we may need some therapy here and it may need someone to just to guide me with dealing with what's coming up so that I know how to say the right sort of things. We also have in the app, it'll be ready by August, we have a parent add-on. So things like if a child's having a tantrum, Here's a tantrum neurocycle. If a child, if parent guilt, here's a, so that will be, and we constantly add new things on. But in the meantime, 
you can, as I said, master the skill for yourself and start the little neurocycle corner and, you know, start showing, getting that practice going in your home, even if it's five minutes a day. Yeah, this is, this is great. I'm really grateful for this. I'll definitely pick up the the adult book and practice it. And I look forward to the, you said the other one's coming out in August, correct? 8th of August. It's on pre-order at the moment. So if you pre-order, there's also quite a lot of nice bonuses. You get access to the like the big discount on the coloring book and the little brainy. And there's a virtual seminar on how to help your children get back to school after summer, you know, all the panic and anxiety of first days. And there's a couple other things. So that is on pre- available on pre-order as well. You go to mentallyresilient.com or just go to my website, thedotterleaf.com, or just jump onto Amazon and type the name of the book in. So that's available, but you're not helpless because now you can get the adult book and you can get the app and the app really walks you through and you can learn the process. And as you're learning it, kids are amazing. An eight-year-old will watch you and say, hey, I want to do it. And if you say, look what I'm doing for me, do you want to learn? And then you just teach her the best you can and then you can refine it once you have the other tools in your hand. Awesome. Okay. I'm encouraged and I'm I'm excited to try this out with her. Can I ask one question? Of course. Go ahead. Okay. I know part of the the guidance that you said was to look kind of for like the source or the start. Is kind of the object, objective to find that or is it to develop kind of the... And then like, if we do, what do we do with that? Or is it more about like, okay, what kind of environments are triggering this kind of reaction so that we know how to manage through them. Mud water is a coffee alternative with four adaptogenic mushrooms and Ayurvedic herbs. With only a fraction of caffeine as a cup of coffee, you get energy without the anxiety, jitters or crash of coffee. Mud water leans on mushrooms in their blend of matcha and their blend of chai for sustained energy. Each ingredient was added for a purpose. Lion's mane, that's a mushroom for alertness, cordyceps to help support physical performance, chaga and raishi to support your immune system, turmeric for soreness and cinnamon for antioxidants. I personally love their delicious rest blend with rooibos, chai, chamomile and cinnamon, which I mix with coconut milk and honey at night for the perfect bedtime drink. The smell and flavors are incredibly relaxing and full of nutrients my brain and body need to rest and function well. I also love that mud water is 100% USDA, organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan and kosher certified. Just go to mudwater.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to support the show and use the code Dr. Leaf for 15% off your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. Very good question. Excellent question. It's both. So you want to always find the source because if you think of a tree, an experience looks like a tree in your brain. It actually wires into your brain like a tree-like structure. And the roots are the source, like the roots are the source in the ground and then the branches are you know, the outcropping of the ground. So it's the same thing when you have an experience, that's the source. And then the processing happens uniquely to the individual and the branches show how they've coped with what has happened. So if there are behaviors and emotions and bodily sensations and perspectives that are disruptive and that are increasing, you want to look for the patterns and the triggers, absolutely. And that's what the five steps will help you do. Specifically, when you go through those steps in that order, you'll start by step four, you'll start being able to identify Oh, it's not going to happen on the first day. It's going to happen over time. And then the objective is to then track that down to find the source that there maybe have been an initiating event. And it may come out three days down the line, six weeks down the line, a month down the line, normally by around about day, somewhere between day seven, 14, you start getting quite a nice insight. Oh, this could potentially be related to that new child who started school or the teacher changed or something, you know, maybe a you, something happened in your own lives that was was different 
And there's no guilt. Remember, always, please remember the messiness. Take that guilt and use that as information to guide yourself. Okay. So, because I, and I stress this because when you say, oh, what did I do to my child? Oh, the root is me. You don't want to get like that because you won't be able to help your child. So just say, oh, okay, I did this. It did affect my child. This is potentially the root. That's okay. I'm going to do my own neurocycle to get myself calm and wisdom and all that stuff and get my own active reach so that I can help my child. Oxygen mask principle. Get the oxygen on yourself before you put the oxygen on your child. So that's really critical. So yes, the objective is to find that source. Now, once you have that source, you going through this process weakens the hold of this unknown thing that's driving this reaction in your child that's disruptive enough for you to be worried about, okay? So by going through this, you're taking the power out of it. You're taking that energy that's a ball of energy and you're kind of unwinding that ball of energy and now it becomes malleable and changeable. So you've done a tremendous service to your child because you are helping her to dissipate energy she does not know what to do with. You're providing her with this nice sequential process to find the root. Once you've found the root, let's say that it's something as simple as, oh, mom, you said this on this, you know, when you when this happened, this, and then I felt like this about myself and that happened and then the, or the teacher screamed and then whatever, you know. They say, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. I understand that it's not my experience, but boy, I can see why that would upset you. So now that's happened. We can't change that. It's the past, but we can put plant food on that root. And there's lots of imagery like that in the book. And we can make that heal those roots and we can grow this beautiful, the tree is ugly and making you very sad when you get criticized because it makes you feel these bad things. But we can make this tree healthy. So that ugly part shrinks and becomes really small and the healthy, beautiful tree with flowers on and everything is what will now be the thing that you'll, the, the way that you'll be thinking. That's going to become the pretty healthy thought. And our kids can understand this. It's amazing how they understand this. And so, you know, especially if you use the visuals and the images and cut out trees and you'll see lots of the images in the book and that kind of stuff. And if you listen to my podcast, I'll put up images as well on the screen and that sort of thing. Then what you're doing is you're helping the child to re reconceptualize and recognize, hey, it happened to me. I was teased or the teacher did shout at me and then the kids laughed at me and made me feel stupid. And now I'm scared of criticism because I'm stupid every time I hear criticism. And then you can say, okay, let's look at that. That was only one thing. Everyone makes mistakes. So if that your teacher was trying to help you, yes, the children laughing at you made you feel bad, and that wasn't kind. And you definitely don't want to do that, but you can't change what's happened, and you can't go and make them apologize. Some things you can't go tell the teacher, and then she's carried on doing it. You can't make her take it back. So some, so once you know the root, you then accept. And to and you know if, if there is a chance to get an apology or to you know if it's carrying on and the teacher's still yelling, you now know you can go address that. You can go and say, hey, listen, this is an issue. We need to address this and go higher if you need to, because that is a reality. Sometimes it happens, but there's also a level of acceptance. But at least what we see now is that, okay, this is not just you being difficult. This is not something wrong with you. This is not me, mom, panicking, thinking, oh, what have I done? Or this child, something wrong with this child. It's, oh, that's okay. This child's having a normal reaction to something adverse. This seems to be the source. And now we're making a plan to build this resilience, to grow the nice green tree so that she knows how to handle this in the future huge life lesson you've increased psychological immunity you've activated resilience so the next time the next challenge comes which it will she has this thinking to fall back on and she may cry and get just as upset for the next 10 incidents but with 10 practices later by the 11th or whatever it is i'm just giving them throwing any number out there you're going to see a difference in your child and this is a life skill that you're building does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I love the tree analogy so much. I think it's a very hopeful analogy. And I think that's why I wanted to address it is I want 
one of the biggest hopes I have for my children is that they are like hopeful and resilient. And so I'm excited to work with them to help build that. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and asking excellent questions. And I'm excited to hear how this works for you. So please reach out to us and let us know. And we'd love to bring you back in, in a few months time and just see how things are working out and, you know, dive into the app and get the book and try those and get yourself in a place where you feel safe as well. And we'd love to follow up with you in a few months time. Yes, that'd be great. Let's do it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.